everyone. Welcome to episode number 72 of the John Riley Project. It is... Wow, what the heck is the date? It's August 26th, right? Yeah. Yeah, 26th, 2019. We're recording on a Monday night here. Got my guest, really one of my favorite guests. He just came on the podcast a few, actually it was about a week ago. David Leland, how you doing? I'm doing great. Fired up for some San Diego State football this yeah, weekend. That's what we're going to do. San Diego State Aztec football is going to be a big season preview. We're going to break it down. We're going to go through the, the, um, the, the schedule, the roster. We're going to predict how would they we think they're going to do this season this will be a fun conversation absolutely always looking forward to aztec football all right so um so what's going on this weekend is opening night right yep weber state sky show should be a good crowd all right kgb sky show it's a big event it is my uh my friend here in poway larry schuler loves going to that game he's always got tickets and and um, i think it's going to be a a really exciting weekend right for aztec football um and long weekend too labor day on monday Okay, so plenty of extra days to recover, you know, depending on how much tailgating people do. Absolutely. All right. So, um, all right. Yeah, we're looking at the schedule here. Weber State is um, uh, the opening team. So uh, let's, you know, it's Rocky Long, head coach. He's got a nice track record going on. What year is it for him now? Um, He took over as the head coach in 2011 when Brady Hoke went to Michigan. So this is year number nine as the head coach. Brady Hoke. Jeez. Who's back as the defensive line coach now? Oh yeah, he is. That's right. Because um, Michigan fired him a couple years ago, and he'd he, been out of a job, and now he's back as their D line coach. He was really the one that started the resurrection of Aztec football. You know, you got to give him credit for that, right? Oh, absolutely. It was dead under Chuck Long before him, and whoever it was before Chuck Long. Mm-hmm. I mean, ninety nine to two thousand nine, we didn't go to a single bowl game. <laughs> I mean, you think that there's so much football talent here in the county. There's so many, so many recruiting options. It just was a shame they couldn't get the recruits. Now they're doing a lot better. Well, USC got them all with Pete Carroll, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like Reggie Bush. Yeah, well, a little extra incentives for Reggie, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, all right, so, um, yeah, let's break it down. Let's take a look at uh, the game, Weber State, Saturday night. What do you think? What do you think we're going to see on Saturday? Think about Weber State. Remember the Eastern Illinois game a couple years ago? Yeah, that's the one they choked on, right? They yeah. lost. It's Weber State. They are so easy to underestimate because you know it's you know Division One, Double A, FCS. You know, lower level Division One. However, you want to describe oh, it them. Is. So, yeah. like USD, isn't it? USD yes, similar? Yeah. Yes, but mm-hmm. just because of that, you can't sleep on Weber State. I saw just a couple hours ago that they're number eight in the FCS poll. Really? And last year they were ten and three, and they got to the quarterfinals of the FCS playoffs. So these guys are good. Wow. Okay. So, do you know anything about their offense? What kind of game they run at all? Or I just looked at their offense. They got a stud running back. Name is Josh Davis. Mm-hmm. And some people on Twitter like their quarterback. I looked at his stats. They were nothing impressive. But a lot of but some people on Twitter seem to like their quarterback and think he's good. He's only a sophomore, so maybe he'll have a breakout year this year. Right. Okay. Wow. So, um, but you really, I mean, the Aztecs have to be favorites in this game, right? Yeah, they are favorites, but I think I saw that they were only seven and a half point favorites. That's all. Yeah, because you usually give them what three three points for the home team. Is that kind of the standard? Yeah. Okay, so it's pretty evenly matched from a talent perspective, potentially. Yeah. Wow. So they got to be careful. You know, they don't lay an egg and go zero and one, and then that really sort of destroys any hope of getting into um, one of those big bowl games on January first, right? Oh yeah. You get you pretty. Being in the Mountain West, you pretty much have to go undefeated, you know, win the conference to, you know, get the group of five bid. Right. Okay. So, which is 
honestly probably going to be Central Florida again, but we'll see. Yeah, well, if if the Aztecs can run the table, then maybe they can give Central Florida a little run for the money. At least make the, the oh yeah the the voters and the polls have to really grind through it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what you'd hope. Okay, so um, any predicted score for Saturday night? What are you thinking? Um, just I looked at their defense. Their defense was pretty good last year. Opponents only averaged three hundred and twenty points on them. Weber State's defense, that is. Mm-hmm. So. And they got a good running back. Like I said, Josh Davis, he averaged over five yards carry, 1,200 rushing yards last year, but just not impressed with their quarterback. Looked at some of their receiving stats. They didn't have any receiver over 550 yards. Right. So I think we'll be able to, and well, you know, we're really good at stopping the run. I mean, you got Tazino in the middle. Like, we'll get into more players later, but Tazino's a stud in the middle. You know, he can stop the run. Robbed of Defensive Player of the Year in the Mountain West last year, if you ask mm-hmm. me. And, you know, we got him in the. We got him in the middle, you know, we're really good at stopping the run, so I think if we can neutralize him a little bit and make him throw, kind of like we did to Stanford two years ago, where Bryce Love didn't really do anything besides those three long runs, and then when they had to throw, their quarterback just couldn't get it done, and we upset him, and now in this case, we're favored, but if we can stop their running back, I think we can stop their offense. I expect, you know, I'll go... 24-20 Aztecs. It's going to be a hard-fought okay. game. <laughs> all right, These guys are good 20. over there at Weber State. Yeah, I mean, that'll be an entertaining game for all the fans at uh, San Diego. What is it? San Diego County Credit Union Stadium? Is that what it is? Yeah, now? SDCCU for short. Okay, we were just joking about that with some folks in the in the in one of the Poway Facebook groups, and everyone still calls it the Murph, you know? Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know why San Diego County Credit Union even bought naming rights for a stadium that, you know, the Aztecs are obviously hoping to replace after winning – yeah, uh, the battle with SCSU West, and but I wonder how much they paid. It probably it wasn't, wasn't much. Yeah. I think it was less than a million dollars. Right, so they'll hopefully get good mileage. I know Qualcomm actually that was a good investment for Qualcomm. You know, yeah, but I don't think Qualcomm was ever we're gonna re up. Even if the oh, Chargers yeah. stayed and played there for two, three Chargers had stayed and committed to getting a new stadium and played it. That's old stadium two to three more years. I still don't think they would have bought the naming rights for just a couple more years. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't even think San Diego County Credit Union. I think they're too small to like pay for a naming rights for a stadium that was housing an NFL team forever, even for only a couple more years. So right. it probably would have gone back to Jack Murphy Stadium, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you know. Or, I think it still should have gone back to that. Yeah, we'll I mean, see though. Just uh, yeah, Mur- Jack Murphy he was the guy that helped bring the Padres to San Diego, right? Oh uh, no, bring he brought the Chargers here. Oh, he did. Okay, pardon me. Okay, so um, all right, so yeah, so uh, yeah, it's interesting. You look at the non-conference schedule. They got UCLA on September seventh, and then New Mexico State on the fourteenth, and then they get into uh, after that, it's all Mountain West play. Right? And then no BYU at the end of the season. Oh yeah, right on, man. Rivalry renewed. Let's <laughs> yeah. see if we can beat those guys this year. Well, the good news is, is the replay officials will be here in San Diego, right? Because <laughs> yes. remember that controversy on what was it, a fumble or something? Yeah. And then we then they scored a touchdown on that drive and we lost by three. Yeah. That was the last time we went to Provo in 2010. Yeah, I was to say that was a long time ago, like nine years ago, ten years ago. So, well, good. So this is, it looks like a great season, man. So, uh, yeah, UCLA game two, then New Mexico State, and then all the usual suspects: oh, Utah State, Colorado State, Wyoming. Good news is we avoid Boise State this year because of the rotation of the Mountain Division teams we're playing. So we avoid Boise State. So how does you do, do? We play every team in the West, and then only certain teams in the Mountain. Yes, we play the other five teams in the Mountain, and then we play a rotating. On a two-year basis, you play home and away with the uh, with th- three teams from the mountain. Okay. So the previous two years in seventeen and eighteen, we had 
home and home, alternate home and home with Boise State, Air Force, and I I forget the other team, but okay. we had a rotating home and away with them. There's the list of them there, so. Oh, New Mexico. In New Mexico. But yeah, New Mexico's not on the schedule this year. Yeah, no, they're not on the schedule, and Air Force isn't on the schedule, neither is Boise State, which is actually helpful for us because, you know, New Mexico and Air Force run that tricky offense, and then Albuquerque and Colorado Springs aren't easy places to play, and Boise State's just Boise State. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, they're dodging a bullet there, but Utah State's still pretty good. Oh yeah, they're pretty good. We'll get into them later when we go break it down game by game. They're pretty good. Okay, so um, yeah, you got you got Weber, we, excuse me, Weber State twenty four twenty Aztec win, and um, oh, well, I thought I brought a pen to write this down, but no big deal. So I'll remember. Um, so UCLA the next week, so Pac ten or Pac twelve, pardon me, Pac twelve game. How's that one looking? Well, I mean, a lot of these projection systems have UCLA winning. Honestly, I don't know why they were pretty bad last year in their first year under Chip Kelly. Maybe they'll get better this year, but we've been in Pac-12 teams better than them the last couple of years. You know, Stanford two years ago, Arizona State the last two years, mm-hmm. Cal three years ago. So we can compete with the Pac-12, and the teams we play in the Pac-12 are better than UCLA. Yeah, well, I was just looking at the season preview in the Pac-12 conference, and uh, it looked like they had UCLA um, as the number three team in the South Division. And the South Division is the weaker division of the Pac-12. The Pac-12 South is not very good. Okay, so they've got Utah 1, SC 2, um, ASU and UCLA tied for third in the projection, and then Arizona and then Colorado. So, so yeah, so UCLA, a middle-of-the-road team in the weaker division, so that's a winnable game for the Aztecs. Absolutely. I mean, Arizona State, who we've been the previous two years, is ahead, is projected projected ahead of UCLA. Okay. So, and we've done well against Pac-12 last couple of years, so definitely a game we can win. I expect, you know, 30 to 20, something like that, 28-21. So that's going to be up in the Rose Bowl. Yes. You know, so um, I guess there's still, I don't know if the field has been reworked since the Rolling Stones concert a few nights ago. I'm sure it'll be a good gameplay shape. By then, yeah. So, hey, I mean, imagine that. If we beat Weber State and then UCLA on the road, coming out of that being 2-0, and beating uh, one of the power conference teams, we've got to be feeling pretty good at that point. Yeah, because that's a top, 10 te- a top 10 FCS team and then a power conference team that we'd beat. That would be a pretty good way to start the year. Okay, and then you move on to um, at New Mexico State in Las Cruces. Um, what do you think about that one? They're not very good. They're in the Sun Belt, I believe it is. Actually, it might have gone back to independent. I don't know. But either way, they're not a good team. We should beat them. Okay. Um, and then then you, then when it's at home against Utah State, that'll be a big match. Right? Oh, this will be a big game. I mean, it's we can win, but they, these guys are really good. I mean, they got Jordan Love's a really good quarterback. They got a really good running back, Thompson, although he's going to have to take a bigger role this year because last year he was over 1,000 and their backup was over 800, and that backup graduated. So he's gonna maybe he won't be as effective on a bigger load this year. We'll see. But, I mean, they still look like a team to me that just puts up a ton of points. I think they averaged over 40 points last year. They lost their coach, Matt Wells. I believe he went to Texas Tech. But they got Gary Anderson back. You know, he was there, and then he went to Wisconsin and then Oregon State. Now he's back. Is it wasn't Gary Anderson like a kicker in the NFL? Is that no? That's a different Gary Anderson, a different one. I think. Okay, all right, no worries. Um, so, anyways, they're, they're really good, and I mean, our defense can probably hold them. You know, they're a team that averages forty, so we can 
be a, our, we have a good defense. We can hold them to, you know, 30-31, but that means we still have to score, you know, 28-30, and I'm just not sure if we can do that because I think our offense will be better this year, but defense is ahead of the offense, and we're not exactly the spread it out and throw them and run and gun team. We're not that kind of team. So, Well, the quarterback this year is Ryan Agnew, right? Yes. I, I mean, he he's a dynamic player. I, I saw one of the games at, at the stadium, and I was really impressed with him. The thing about Agnew is the first couple games last year, you know, he actually looked like he kind of had an idea what he was doing and was able to, like, get out of some of those sacks that Chapman just took. Mm -hmm. So we were all super impressed with him at first, but it seemed to me like as the season went on, I just got less and less impressed with him, and I don't know. I'm just not the biggest fan of his, but, you know, he does have some potential, and the biggest thing is hopefully Juwan Washington stays healthy this year because we missed him in those middle games. Yeah, how many games did he miss last season? He missed five or six games in the middle of the season. That's a lot, you know? And I think we were hoping for, what, another 2,000-yard season from him, right? Yeah, and he got like 997 missing half the year, so. Right, I mean, he's he's another, another great running back in Aztec tradition, right? Yep, after Rashad Penny, who was... Who, Followed Danelle Pumphrey, who followed Adam Muema, who followed Ronnie Hillman. Yeah, all the way back to Marshall Falk, right? And yeah. and you know, we could probably keep going back further. So um, yeah, so um, you know, Washington. He, what year is he? Is he a junior? He's a senior. He's a senior this year. Okay. Um, so who do, who do they have back it up? Is there any like big names coming up? Uh, Some young guys? Maybe? I don't think so. I think Chase Jasmine's still the primary backup. Uh, He's a good backup. Yeah. I don't like him as every down back, but as a number two back, you know, who gets you know seven to ten carries a game just to give Washington a break. I like him in that role, though. So let's assume if Washington's healthy all year, then you think the Aztecs are going to be a run first team? Well, we're always a run first team under Rocky Long. Always have been. Mm-hmm. Even when Ryan Lindley was our quarterback, we were still a run first team, so I expect that to continue. Okay. And the offensive line, you think this year is looking pretty good? Yeah, I think the offensive line is solid. All right, right on. Okay, but that that game against Utah State, the fourth game of the year, I mean, what are you calling that? You think the Aztecs are going to pull that one out? I'm going to say that we lose, like, 34-30, something like that. It'll be close. Okay. Well, you're, you're, I mean, you're a fan, but you're not a homer, right? So you're calling it objectively. Yes. So let's say by that time we get into um, Mountain West play, we're 3-1 and one at that point right. of the season, and then we're at Colorado State. These guys are not good. So, I mean, Fort Collins isn't exactly an easy place to play. There's a lot of places that aren't easy to play in the Mountain West, but... Those guys aren't good. We handled them pretty well last time we went to Fort Collins, and they were a better team then, so I expect us to take care of business. All right, right on. So that would have us at 4-1, and one, and then we're back at home against the Wyoming Cowboys. They've been a lot more com- competitive under Craig Bull, but now, you know, second year in a row, Josh Allen's been gone. They're not as good, so I'd say we win this game. Okay, so that would put us at 5-1 and one here. We've been mid-October. Um, feeling a little of the pain from that Utah State game, potentially, if it plays out this way. Um, then we're at San Jose State, the Spartans. Yeah, I mean, this should be an easy win. I mean, I don't know how we barely beat these guys at home last year, but they're absolutely terrible. I mean, we should take care of business against them. I mean, how in the hell is San Jose State even in the conference? It just seems like in every sport, they're always at the bottom of the of the list. I believe in... Um, in the 2017 to 18 uh, academic slash athletic year, um, our football team scored more points on their football team than their basketball team scored on our basketball team. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. 
Yeah, unbelievable. So I mean, like yeah. we beat them like fifty-two to seven in um, football, and then when basketball season came around, we beat them like eighty to forty-nine or something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good stat. I like that one. Okay, so that would put us at um, uh, that would put us at six and one, and then we're on the road in Vegas against UNLV. These guys, they're not they weren't good last year. I don't expect them to be good this year, but they got better as the season went along. Won't be as easy of a game as people expect, but I do expect us to win. Okay, so that put us at seven and one, and then we're into November at home against Nevada. We lost a hard fought game to them in Reno last year. This is the game that I started to think that Ag- I started to believe less and less in Agnew. I think he completely like under fifty percent of his passes this game and couldn't make a couple plays when we were just, you know, a couple first downs away from being in field goal range, mm-hmm. and he just couldn't get it done. So, I mean, we should win, but it's going to be a close one. But I do expect us to win. Okay, so then that would put us at what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And- That'd be nine and one. All right. Okay, and then um, we're at home against Fresno State. That'll be a big game. Yeah, they're they're good. I mean, I don't think they're as good as last year. I believe they lost some players, and it's at home this year. And it was a close game up in Fresno last year. So I do expect to win a hard fought game here. Right on. Well, you know, I was just looking at the preseason polls, and um, on the website here for the Mountain West Conference, they have Utah. Or excuse me, Fresno State winning the West Division. Um, San Diego State number two. What do you think of that? We'll go prove them wrong. I mean, okay. that Fresno State game is probably going to be pretty huge for deciding the the West Division like it was last year. Exactly. And then after that, we're on the road to Hawaii. I expect to lose this game. Lose the game on yeah, the I road mean, to Hawaii? I mean, Hawaii beat uh, U of A in the Week Zero game on Saturday. Really? Yeah, they beat them. Wow. And they got, you know, McDonald, the quarterback, you know, they did lose one of their wide receivers, who's now a teammate of our own Rashad Penny in Seattle. We'll get to Penny later. But, I mean, their quarterback's back. You know, they like to throw it. Their quarterback's, he's pretty good. I heard he played hurt last year, so, and he still put up pretty big numbers, so. Is, and then, is and then, June Jones isn't there anymore, is No, he? he's okay. been long gone. He might have passed away, didn't he? I haven't heard about him in a yeah. while. Okay, um. But you, you have us losing that game. Is I that do gonna, have us losing is, in Hawaii. Like, what kind of a score do you think we're going to see there? I mean, it's kind of a similar situation to the Utah State game where it's like a team that usually averages 40, where we have a good defense where you can hold them to 34, 32, something like that instead. But can we score enough? Plus, you know, that's a tough travel going out to Hawaii. Yeah, and, you know, some of the guys might be thinking it's a vacation day and <laughs> exactly. not getting real focused. So, um, And then that leads to the November. And also like that with Hawaii oh. is like, it's kind of like when an East Coast team comes to the West Coast in the sense that if you play a 1 o'clock game on the West Coast as an East Coast team, then it feels like it's 4 o'clock, you know. So the game will start at 7 in Hawaii. They'll feel like 10 o'clock out here. Right. So they might be fatigued, you know, a little bit sluggish. Yeah. It might be humid weather. Add it all up. It might be tough environment for them. Yeah, we usually don't think about that it's a late game by our standards that might mess with them as a West Coast team which usually doesn't happen but going to Hawaii so it's like a three hour time zone difference right yeah I mean that game's in November actually we get a little bit of a break that that game's in November so it'll only be a two hour difference really yeah 
Oh, I didn't realize it, it changes. Does, does Hawaii not go to daylight savings time or something? I believe. I don't think they do because I remember somebody telling me when they went to Hawaii in January that it was only a two-hour difference then. But when I went in July a couple of summers ago, it was a three-hour. Interesting. Well, I know Arizona does that. Arizona it, doesn't do daylight savings. I've been there for Padre Spring training, and then we'll be in Arizona. We'll be an hour ahead of here one day, and then Sunday will be same time. Yeah, it's confusing as hell. Um all right, so a loss at Hawaii, and then the November 30th game against our old friends, Brigham Young University. So um, <laughs> No love lost here. Oh, man. So, I mean, like, yeah, we were just talking about the, uh, you know, 10 years ago, that crazy replay officials in, uh, in Provo kind of screwed over the Aztecs. That were BYU graduates. Oh, yeah, they were BYU graduates in the replay booth. Um, yeah, so it, always funny business. I'm sure the show is going to be out there in full force. The game's in San Diego. I mean, how's BYU looking this they year? They have not been good the last couple of years. Some people think some of these projections I've seen have BYU beating us. I don't see it though. They haven't been they haven't been that good in recent years. So I think do think we win. Okay, so you get through the whole season. And it looks like we've got um, two losses um, at home at Utah State and on the road at Hawaii. Is that enough to get us into the Mountain West Championship game? I mean, so you mentioned the the ten and two. I mean, that's like a game by game projection. But knowing this team and you know just kind of how football works in general, I could see a, a circumstance where we where we lose one non conference game, whether it's BYU, whether it's U, at UCLA, whether it's Weber State. There's, I think, I'm projecting us to win, but I, but obviously, I think we end up dropping one of those non-conference games just because you know there some of them are toss-ups or a close call right i think there's no way we lose at new mexico state but i do think there's that we lose one of the three i just don't know which one it is and if we lose one if we lose one of the two first two then we won't lose to byu and then if we win those first two we lose to byu something like that okay but that won't affect the conference record which gets you into the so you you see us having um a uh Six and two record in the Mountain West. Six and two in the Mountain West. Yes. Okay, and that's you should think it's going to be good enough to get into the championship. Six game. and two with a win over Fresno State. That should be good enough because that means that would mean that if Fresno State just loses one more game, then we're in. Right, because we'll get the tiebreaker at that yes. point. Okay, that makes sense. So now there could be some tricky business. You know, if Hawaii also goes six and two and we lose it to them too, then there might be some three way tiebreakers. Then it could get into some. Tricky business. Maybe Hawaii wins a three-way tiebreaker or something. But I do expect us to be very much in contention to win the Western Division. Nice. Well, I mean, that's what we're all hoping for here locally. That's the goal, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, here, the predicted order of finish, according to um, these preseason guys, they wrote the article in July. It's on the Mountain West website. They had, in the West Division, Fresno 1, San Diego State 2, Nevada 3, Hawaii 4, UNLV 5, and San Jose State 6. I don't even know why um – I don't even know why uh, Nevada's ahead of Hawaii. I think Hawaii should be ahead of Nevada. So you think, yeah, well, even Hawaii there, they had one first place vote. And Nevada didn't have any. And did, yeah, so um, Hawaii, yeah, they, they, people recognize they're a pretty good team. So I mean, they did beat a Pac-12 team in Week 0. Yeah. Um, that brings up another point to me is, like, you, you're aware of the rule, right, that, Hawaii, that teams that play at Hawaii have the option to schedule a 13th game, an extra home game? No, no, I didn't know this. But we've never exercised that option years we played at Hawaii. I don't know why we haven't. I mean, to bring in more revenue, I don't know why we haven't. Because of the added expense to travel? Is that the whole deal? Yeah, or? because of the added expense to travel to Hawaii. They let you 
add a second home game. I've heard some people say that. I'm sure you've heard the rumors that we play a a non conference game at the Exolo Stadium in Tijuana. Oh, really? I haven't heard this. And a lot of people were saying that. Oh, maybe in a year we play Hawaii. That'll be a week zero game. Oh, that'd be awesome if that'd we be, play. That'd be cool. I mean, and then you could just play. You know, one of these. CSU Bakersfield or one of these small schools that's like a D1 double A and you play them down in Tijuana or something like that mm-hmm. or maybe like Northern Arizona like another like Western t- team but that's mm-hmm. a D1 double A you play them down I mean that's something for the future that's not necessarily related this year but that's something to keep in mind for the future I think it's a great idea you I know? mean because we're going to play at Hawaii every other year they're in our division right so odd, year, odd number of years we're going to play at Hawaii and then and that would be in the soccer stadium, so they got a facility for it and everything. So it should be that'd be yeah, a lot of fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, and give people an excuse to you know little foreign relations. You know, <laughs> you know. Hopefully, people get through the wall. You know, I think it'll make it easy. It'll be fun. <laughs> I, I like that idea. I think it's pretty cool. I had not heard that rumor. I think that's pretty cool. All right. So, um, all right. So then you figure if they get into the championship game, it's got to be Boise State, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't see a scenario. Maybe Utah State if um, they're able able to knock off Boise State, but I would be absolutely shocked if anybody other than Boise State or Utah State wins the Mountain Division because those two teams are really good and it's a big drop off from there. Right. Okay. Yeah. The uh, actually Boise, Utah, then it's Air Force, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico. So is Utah, I mean, sorry, does Air Force still do the wishbone? Or are they still doing that? Yeah, all the service academies do that. Right. That makes sense, I guess. Because uh, they're so, because they can't have typical size guys, cause, especially Air Force, because you, you this is why they're such a disadvantage in basketball, is you can't be taller than 6'5", whatever it is, to fit in, like, a helicopter or whatever. So, Right. I think it's the same thing with Navy for um, to fit in submarines. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember they made a big deal of that when David Robinson was um, playing basketball at Navy before he went into the NBA. And, you know, he, the jobs that he was going to have in the Navy, I guess there wasn't a height requirement back in the day. Um, but, yeah, uh, that makes sense. All right. So um, you think we can beat Boise State? What do you think? Well, we did beat them last year in Agnew's third star, I believe, and Washington was hurt. I believe we had some wide receivers hurt too, and we still managed to knock them off um, at Boise State. And these Boise State fans, they consider us the big thorn in their side. So, you know, maybe if we go up there for the Mount West Championship game, you know, maybe we'll give them a game. Right on. Yeah, so the better record will host that game. So yes. if we have two losses, pretty good chance Boise's going to have zero or one loss in conference, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the projection. So most likely that game may be on the road. Well, the, it goes by the highest ranking in the college football playoff rankings, or and if neither conference champ, division champion is ranked in the college football playoff ranking poll, then they go to the computers. I think either way, Boise would have the advantage over the West Division champion, though. Right on. And um, and do we have? Does the Mountain West Conference still have partnerships with certain bowl games? Or you remember, it used to be the Vegas Bowl. That, I don't think we have the Vegas Bowl anymore. Yeah, I didn't think so either. So, but what's interesting is when the Rams Stadium opens up in LA next year, the Mountain West has a bowl tie-in to a new bowl that's going to be at the Rams' new stadium in Inglewood. Okay, so I guess that bowl will be announced. We don't know what that's going to be yet, but it'll be something. It'll, let's just say it's the LA Bowl now before like a sponsor comes along and takes it, which I'm sure will happen in this day and age. 
Well, um, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the players on the team. You know, we've already talked about Washington and Agnew. and uh, But, yeah, tell me what you think about the offense. What are some of the players you think are going to have breakout seasons? Well, I think Washington's going to have a huge year and put himself in NFL draft contention. I don't think he's going to be a highly talked about prospect like Penny was or Pumphrey before him or Hillman was back in the day or how Muema would have been if he didn't do his thing. I still don't know what he was thinking or what, remind me of that story with him. What happened? He was at the NFL Combine, and he was went into the draft the year after the Seahawks won the Super Bowl. And supposedly he had this weird thing where he said God told him that he would get drafted by the Seahawks if he left the Combine. So he did. And then he went. He didn't get drafted or signed, and he hasn't been heard from since. Oh. I don't know what happened to him, but... Oh. I mean, it's just he worked so hard to get to that point. People would kill to be at that point. And then and I then, don't know what got into his head or something, but he kind of went crazy, I guess. Maybe? Yeah, he's getting some bad advice. I'm not sure. That, that's a he shame. Took too many hits to the head, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but that was a really, really weird situation. How was that? Like five, six years ago? Yeah, 2014 draft. Okay. Um, so you expect Jawan Washington? I mean. Well, Penny was a first rounder, right? Uh, Pumphrey was he a second rounder? No, he was like a fourth. A I fourth. think fourth. And then Hillman was like a third. Fourth, a third. Yeah. So, what do you think, Juwan Washington? What talent level is he? Where do you think he might go in the draft? I mean, if he went in the draft after this year, he probably would have been a sixth or seventh rounder. I think if he has the big season I expect him to have, I think he can be a fifth rounder. Right on. Well, I'd be I'd be fantastic just to see Aztecs in the NFL. Oh, I love watching Aztecs in the NFL. It's the only reason I still care about the NFL after what Dean and Roger <laughs> did to us. It's the only reason I still care about the NFL. I mean, my interest in the NFL has really declined. I mean, even was declining before the Chargers left. And then when they when they left, I just said, see you later. And I'm more invested in the Aztec football program now. I'm more interested in that now. You see, the thing is, when you get invested in the Aztec football program, you want to see these guys at the next level. And it was really hard for me because, you know, we had, you know, Pumphrey was going to the draft. Um, DeMonte KZ was going to the draft. And uh, Nico Saragusa, the offensive guard, unfortunately, he's had a bunch of injuries and bounced around, hasn't caught anywhere. But when those guys are going into the draft, it was right after the Chargers left. So part of me is like, I can't stand to watch this league anymore, but I wanted to watch our guys in the NFL. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I still really watch the NFL, to be honest with you, is because we, we're getting more and more Aztecs every year going to the NFL. So what do you—I mean, let's talk about those guys in the NFL. I mean, how do you think—I uh, mean, is Pumphrey—he's with the Lions now, isn't he? No, he ended up back with the Eagles. Oh, he did? And he's trying to make the roster. He's been returning kicks for them in the preseason. Okay, so that, that's hopeful, right? I mean, yeah. He, I mean, but that's, he, he had a couple good runs in one of their games. But he's. Everyone said he was undersized. Maybe are they thinking of him like a Darren Sproles type? The thing is, Sproles was at least like muscular for his short frame, and Pumphrey hasn't really put on that much muscle like Sproles did. Yeah. So I guess yeah, trying with the returns, and then what do you think about Penny? Is he going to get opportunities in Seattle? I mean, Mike Davis is gone, so he's moved up to the number two back. Um, he hasn't had a great preseason, which is unfortunate because if he had a better preseason, like him and Carson were going to be like a one-two duo. Now it kind of seems like Carson's the clear number one, but, I mean, Pete Carroll loves to run the ball, and Seattle runs the ball a ton, and, you know, Chris Carson runs hard. He's going to need breathers. You know, he missed games with injuries last year, so Penny will still get his, you know, five, seven, maybe eight, nine, maybe ten carries, depending on the game sometimes. 
And you know he'll start if um, Carson goes down. I mean, there were a couple times where he was supposed to start when Carson went down, but then Mike Davis took over. But Mike Davis is gone now, so Penny's going to have a clear chance as a number two in Seattle. If he even stays in Seattle, there's the rumor that Seattle wants to trade for Jadavion Clowney. Oh, wow. And Houston just lost Lamar Miller. He tore his ACL in the preseason last week. Okay. So they're looking for a running back. I saw a report that if the two teams were talking trade, that maybe Penny would go from Seattle to Houston, which would be great for Penny because then he'd have a chance to take over that starting role in Houston. And Houston, are they projected to be a better team this year in the NFL than Seattle? Um, well, Houston's the biggest beneficiary of the Andrew Luck surprise retirement. Oh, that's right, yeah. So Houston's probably favored to win the South now that Luck's out of the picture. Okay. But they're kind of thin at running back now with um, Lamar Miller gone. So if he was to get traded over there, you know, teams are going to worry about Deshaun Watson, you know, going downfield to DeAndre Hopkins and um, Will Fuller's back from the ACL. So that's going to leave Penny some room. Right on. So he's got an opportunity in Seattle and potentially an opportunity in Houston. Where his old college teammate, Holly Waring, was third-round pick of the Texans. Oh, right on. So Yeah, Houston did not have very good tight ends last year, and I think Kahale has a great chance there because, like I said, teams are going to worry about Hopkins and Fuller, so he's going to eat underneath over the middle. Like, And this really helps because in, in Kansas City, Travis Kelsey's a beast, but you'd be lying if you said you didn't get help from defenses being scared of Tyreek Hill running past him. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, God, so, many, so much dynamics here in the conference in the NFL with all these Aztec players. And don't forget about Casey. He had a pretty good year for Atlanta last year. Yeah, he got he hurt did. in one of their preseason games. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the regular season. Hopefully he is. Because what was he, his injury? It was a rib injury. He suffered in the in week one of the preseason. Because I saw highlight reel. He had some moments last year, right? Oh, yeah. he. I believe he was tied for the NFL lead in interceptions last year. Right on. Um, yeah, so what other Aztecs are playing in the, uh, in the NFL right now? Um, well, Cameron Kelly, who was playing with the Fleet when the AAF was a thing for all of eight games. Yeah. Um, and now he caught on with uh, Pittsburgh, and he supposedly had a pretty good game last night. I saw he had, like, five, six tackles, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I saw one picture of him. I think it was deflecting a pass. Then I think I saw that Alex Barrett, he's with the Raiders, had a sack or two. Okay. So guys making a mark, and in preseason, you know they gotta they gotta get the attention yeah. of the coaches, right? Yeah, and I'm, I don't know where Calvin Munson is now, but hey, he's got a Super Bowl ring. He was on the Patriots practice squad last year. Right on, whatever it takes, man. <laughs> Good. So what, we got like six, seven Aztecs in the league, right? Yeah, that's that's impressive. I mean, what other from te- a Mount West school? That's very yeah. impressive. Yeah, I was gonna say, other what than other Boise State, like this conference doesn't really send a ton of guys from each team, right? Like you got Gallup from Colorado State, who's with Dallas. The wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I can't think of too many guys. Well, it's in this. Josh Allen, right? So yeah, Josh he, Allen with Buffalo. Um, but yeah, for most Mountain West teams, they might have one, two, maybe three in the NFL, except the Aztecs and maybe Boise State. Right? Yeah, I mean, us and Boise State are pretty much the only two teams in this conference that can that consistently produce guys that get drafted every year. Well, um, yeah, let's get back to talking about some of the players. And I was, where's the article I was reading here? And they were talking about, um, you know, the Mountain West Conference preseason, um, you know, all-conference team. Yeah. They had uh, Juwan Howard, or excuse me, Juwan Howard, Juwan Washington. (laughs) He he just signed with the Lakers, didn't he? No, Juwan Howard, no, it was, who just signed with the Lakers? Dwight Howard signed with the Lakers. Dwight Howard, Juwan Howard was in the. Was with Miami. 
during the LeBron years, I think. Yeah, wasn't he on the Fab Five, I think, in Michigan? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting all my guys confused. My bad. Ju- Juwan Washington uh, was a preseason all-conference in the yes, Mountain West. Yes, he was. West. And then on defense, yeah. Um, uh, how do you say it? Kaiva Tizino? Yeah. And then Tariq Thompson. Oh, yeah. So uh, so we got three guys in the uh, projected um, preseason all-conference team. So that that's great representation. I think those th- guys should be there at the end of the year, too. Two guys I'd watch for is uh, two guys who are on the um, – actually, it's only one, one guy because Thompson was one of the two that was on the all-freshman team last year. Mm-hmm. And now um, – Kyrie Woods is moving over to um, another guy I'd like to watch. I think this might be a breakout candidate. Kyrie Woods is now starting at, I believe, the Boundary Warrior safety position. What, what does that mean? Because in Rocky Long's three-three-five defense, that means you know only three linebackers and mm-hmm. three safeties instead of two. Ah, it's the Rocky Long, you know, unique defense. And right. I was looking at the depth chart, and Woods was number one on the. Um, boundary warrior and it said it started 10 games at corner last year you know cornerback to safety transition sometimes that's good for guys who can play the ball but maybe can't stick to their man so well so he's an interesting one and then darren hall was all freshman team last year and he's starting a corner now so right on okay so I'd, I'd watch for those two guys on defense good and then um and then as far as the receivers the tight ends i mean anybody out there you think's gonna have a good year i mean we're not gonna throw the ball that much we're gonna be a running team so I I went so like Kahali Waring's a beast, but he didn't get thrown to that much last year. So I wouldn't pay too much attention to the receivers and tight ends because you know we're just going to be a running team. And we're then, only going to pass when we absolutely have to. And so and, and Agnew can run too. If he yeah, he's to. a good athlete. He can scramble. Yeah. But let's just say you know worst case scenario, Agnew maybe loses the job, gets hurt. Do we have a good backup at quarterback? You know what's interesting is um Brookshire the the JUCO transfer is actually not even the backup. You know who is the backup? Who's that? It's Carson Baker, the Helix kid. Oh, right on. He's listed as the second quarterback on the depth chart I saw this morning. Outstanding. So love getting the local guys in there, right? Absolutely. We've got a couple more local guys on there, right? Yeah, we do. So I I was looking at the roster, and yeah, the starting place kicker is uh, Matt Areza. Uh, Or is it Areza? How do you say it? I think it's Areza. Areza from Rancho Bernardo High School. Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy's good. I remember he was setting records for that team, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I remember my senior year of the Poway RB game. My senior year, we, you know, Jared Edelman was a dangerous kick returner. Every time they kicked off to him, I'm like, he's going to run back for a touchdown. And, you know, we weren't getting anything going on offense that game, so I was hoping that Jared would run one back. But Ariza kept kicking touchbacks every time, so that kind of took away our offense, basically. Right. Well, that guy, I mean, he was hitting long field goals. And he's, yeah. every kickoff was a touchback. Right, exactly. So that's what the coaches like to see, right? Yeah. Um, but he's a, he's a I guess a redshirt freshman. He's projected to be the starting yeah. uh, place kicker for field goals and kickoffs. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that. And um, I think he, they, they said he was going to be the backup punter. Um, but there's a couple of other locals. Uh, Mark Salazar, he's, quarterback. Yeah, he's pretty buried on the QB depth chart, though. I I think he because um, if Brookshire was the three, that means Salazar's the four at best. So they have him as a sophomore. Um, so he's still got time to move his way up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was pretty good at RB. I mean, he, we kind of shut him down when he was a junior, my um, senior year. Um, we kind of shut him down, but he still made one big play. You know, we had a pretty good defense that year, and he still made one big play that was a backbreaker. Right on. So Mark Salazar. Um, uh, two of them, sorry, actually, that game. Two? Yeah, two but, big But that, that was when RB was just loaded, right? And oh, yeah. They were winning state championships, and, I mean, they were yeah, really good. Yeah, he was, yeah, they got, I mean, I can't stand RB being a Poway guy, but they got a really <laughs> good thing going over there. And 
So mm-hmm. if we can get some of those guys into San Diego State, you know, local kid, you know, bring them over to the Aztec football, that's what we want because they got really good. Because as much as I hate them, you got to respect what they got going over there. Yeah, the program's still good right Oh, now. yeah, yeah. Okay, so you think they may be projected to win Palomar League? Oh, probably. Yeah. I mean, we knocked them off last year for Palomar League, but they'd been kind of owning us before that. Well, I know the Titans lost their first game against Granite Hills. So, I heard it was a close one, though. It was. I think they lost by three or four points. So hopefully they have a good year. I, I usually like to go to a couple of the games you know, each year. So, um, yeah, there's a few other locals here. I mean, I mean, obviously there's a lot of guys in San Diego. Yeah, we're talking about there's another Helix kid, Rashad Scott. Um, he's a he's a, a safety. But the, I didn't see him on the depth chart anywhere. The other name that kind of caught my attention, T.J. Sullivan from Mount Carmel High oh, School. Really? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we're kind of thin at wide receivers, so maybe he'll step up this year. So he's a redshirt freshman, and then of course J.R. Justice, David Justice kid. Yeah, so he he's an incredible athlete, um, and you know I remember him when he was younger playing basketball and baseball. He's a great kid. I mean, he's got the genes. His dad was a pretty good major league hitter. Oh, no doubt. And uh, so he went to St. Augustine, and I've been seeing highlight reels of his younger brother, DJ Justice. I guess he's having a great year. He's what playing. an athletic family that is. Oh, yeah, they're loaded. So I'm, I'm, I know that um, J.R. Justice was a redshirt last year, so hopefully he gets an opportunity this year. All right, yeah, I mean, like I said, we're not that deep at wide receivers, so I don't really know who's going to step up. Maybe it'll be him, maybe it'll be Sullivan, too, the Mount Carmel kid. Yeah, so there you go. So you got a couple of local guys. Let's see what happens. Um, and if anything happens to Agnew, it looks like Baker, we talked about him, the Helix quarterback is going to get be the one to take over if something happens to Agnew, which could very well happen. You know, when you're a running quarterback like that, it's always a risk. Yeah, always a risk. Um, hey, just this to switch gears a little bit, talking about Poway, RB. What about what are your thoughts on Tate Martell and the evolution of Tate? You know, I guess he's at Miami now, right? And he's not even the starter there. He, he transfers because um, he can't win the job at Ohio State, and then Justin Fields comes over from Georgia. And so he goes to Miami, and then he gets beat out there, too. But I, I saw, uh, like, warm-up drills, like a video of it, and they're working him in as a receiver now. I mean, yeah, he was. they used him as a decoy when they went into the Wildcat formation. They brought him in motion as the um, wide receiver on the jet sweep. Like, he'd be, like, coming around here. They'd fake it to him. The running back would take off. And on one of those plays, the running back got a, a really long touchdown, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, Tate came right here, the— Running back faked it to him, and then the running back ran up the sideline. Okay, well, right on. So uh, the, the defense was respecting Martell's speed, maybe. I guess so, yeah. Um, so what, what is it? Is Martell a senior, or is he a junior right now? Uh, he's actually a redshirt sophomore, I want to think. Really? Yeah. Okay, so he's still got a couple of years left. Yeah, he does. Okay, good. Now, were you at Poway High when he was at Poway High? Yes, I was. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen the stat. You know, they always say that Tate Martell was undefeated as a high school football uh, player. People and, forget that he that he was not undefeated here. Right. So he, uh, he lost. He was undefeated at Bishop Gorman, sure, but right. not here. Not here. So Not at all. So we're keeping an eye on Tate Martell. That's my dog, Nona, visiting. Hey, Nona. Nona likes to visit our podcast guests. <laughs> um, okay, so um, what else? I mean, what else do we need to cover here? We got. We went through the record, so we're looking at maybe a two-loss season, two or three-loss season, and yeah. uh, hopefully um, facing up against Boise in the Mountain West Conference title game. Yeah. Um, hopefully, get a, a good rivalry matchup with BYU. Hopefully, we can finally beat them. They've kind of had our number. Yeah. Well, how long has it been since we played them? Has it been ten years? No, we played them in the 2012 Poinsettia Bowl, which is a game I'd like to forget. We had a lead going into the f- 
fourth quarter. It was 6-3, and then they scored 21 unanswered. That was when Kyle Van Noy just dominated us. Oh, man. That was a very frustrating game. Yeah, the, the Aztecs have had some great bowl games and then a couple of just, like the game when they lost to Army. Remember that one? Well, uh, two years ago? Yeah, that, that was, was just that was, that was Penny's last game, too. That was such a bummer. Penny scored four touchdowns, had 200-something yards in his last game, and we just couldn't stop a nosebleed. Yeah. Which was. is weird, because Rocky Long usually does well against those service academies. Yeah. He has a really good record against them, but in that case, they just got us. Yeah, crazy. Um, it's just... I just want a championship team in San Diego. You I know? mean, Aztec football won the Mount West Championship in 15 and 16. And what I was saying when you were predicting, when you and I were predicting, you know, win the West Division, get the Mount West Championship game, that's the goal now. I mean, we progressed to the point where, like, bowl game six wins, we should do that every year. We've right. gotten to that point where the expectation is no longer. Like, for so many years when they were so bad, we were just like, get, get us to six wins, get to a bowl game. <laughs> But now it's that the point where we want to win the Mount West Championship. So how many bowl games in a row have we been to now? Uh, nine. Nine. That's incredible. It should be ten this year. I mean, barring mm-hmm. something catastrophic, I def- certainly expect to get to ten this year. Now, the once the, I see those stats sometimes where they talk about um, combining football and basketball. I don't know if it's in postseason play or in records. And the Aztecs are always ranked really high. Yeah, and the win percentage. And then I believe like we were like, something like the only team to have like, you know, a ten win football team and a Mount West and a excuse me a March Madness basketball team in the same count, academic year two years ago or something like that. And then you always see that where you have like the most combined like bowl games and. NCAA tournament appearances among non-power fives and something like that. Yeah, so there's a lot to be proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another thing is, like, I don't get all these people, like, on Padres Twitter. Some of them are just, like, they're just so anti-SDSU and talk so much crap about, oh, they don't deserve the Qualcomm (laughs) site. I just don't understand it. It's, like, you claim, like, you're all loyal to the soil, like, pro San Diego, like, and unite over what we have left. And these Padres, some of these Padre fans just crap all over SCSU. It's like, that's the opposite of your whole pro, pro San Diego, like, unite over what we have left that you that we all preached when Spanos left us. So are they, like, secret soccer fans, you think? Is that what it is? Oh, I mean, that's the thing is, like, one of them, he, like, he was, like, the biggest, like, vote yes on E, I think, Soccer City was, like, mm-hmm. SCSU doesn't have the Qualcomm site. Like, one of these guys quoted a tweet saying he didn't even watch soccer. I'm like... <laughs> I was so confused. Well, they just had a rendering of the new stadium, right? And yes, another, they did. So when is that projected to be built? 2022. That is when they'll finish it. Yes. So any idea when they're going to break ground? Uh, I'd imagine the next year it has to be. It's got to take a couple of years to build it, right? Yeah, it probably takes about two years to build. So I got to imagine that they break ground sometime in 2020. So they they're going to bulldoze the stadium or are they going to build it next door? I think they're going to build it next door to the Murph. And then, and then when that's built, then they'll bulldoze. Yes, now that's kind of the pattern, right? With a lot of these stadium reconstruction. I mean, you saw this in um, was it Kansas City did that, right? And no, Kansas City's kept um, Arrowhead and Kauffman for the longest time. Okay, they, uh, New York did this um, City Field next to Shea Stadium with both of theirs actually the old Yankee Stadium next to the new one. Okay, and um, in um, East Rutherford they did that. They built the MetLife while um, the old Giants right next to the old Giants Stadium. Right. And when they bulldoze the old giant stadium, maybe they found Jimmy Hoffa. You know, that's the, the rumor that he's buried in one of those concrete pillars. Um, there was another <laughs> there was another um, city that did this, though. You're right. Um, I think it was. Um, 
who opened a new stadium recently in the NFL? Minnesota did, but they built it on the site of the old Metrodome. So um, the Vikings actually had to play two years at University of Minnesota Stadium because they built it on the site. Mm-hmm. I know there's another city that built the new one right next to the old one. I just can't think of what it was there right was, now. Wasn't there, I don't know if this might have been baseball too, where they were building a stadium next to the current one, and then there was a crane accident and something was awful. A person had died uh, in the construction process. I'm trying to remember where that was. Um, I don't remember. It was, you know what was really unique about this is um, when, in Cincinnati when they were building um, Great American Ballpark, they started the construction when they started construction, they actually had to take out some of the outfield seats from the from the old Riverfront Stadium, and you could see Great American being built it, while they were playing, still playing. The Reds were still playing their last two years at Riverfront. Oh, cool! That's that's nice. that, that's kind of unique. They were like literally like building the outfield stands at Great American <laughs> while they were still playing at Riverfront. Nice. I believe by this point, the Bengals already moved into Paul Brown. Is that what they're called, Paul Brown Stadium? Yeah. For the Bengals? Yes. Okay. I can't keep track of them all. And then there's all these new stadiums being built, all the different naming rights, and it just, you know. I mean, how many times has the Giants um, baseball team in San Francisco, how many times has Oracle Park, that's its fourth name now. What well, was Pac Bell. Yes. SBC, AT&T, Oracle. Right. But I think a lot of that's the evolution of the phone company changing its yes, name. Yes, the first three. Yeah. But then this last one, Oracle. But the naming rights AT and T didn't renew. Right. Well, this is awesome. So, um, what else? Any concluding thoughts on Aztec football? What else are you thinking? Um, do you the, go? How many? Do you go to a lot of the games? Yeah, I went to um, the first like three or four last year. Towards okay. the end of the year, my interest started kind of going downhill because like team wasn't as good, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's always a great time. I mean, oh I, yeah. I, I go maybe once every couple of years. I'll go to an Aztec football game, and you know that the lower bowl is usually pretty full. Uh, and then I think the upper bowl, they might close it off. Uh, but it's usually always a fun time. And uh, it's cheap. It's a lot less expensive than going to a pro game and, you know, good food. And you can tailgate. So it's all yeah. good. I mean, um, it was funny because during the last year, during the 2016, you know, that was when the Aztecs were like 4-0 and they got into the rankings. And um, I see all these Aztec fans that are like, what are you thinking paying 120 for a second level seat with the Chargers when Spanos is just going to leave you after the year? And Aztec's much cheaper, and they actually win, and they care about you, you know. And, I mean, a lot of people are just like, oh, they're not actually going to leave. You're just, like, a pro Aztec guy, like, turned off. But, hey, those people were right. So yeah, they were. Now it's one city, one team, right? Yeah. Is that still the slogan for no, this year? Now they now the thing is, we're not leaving. It's like, we're never going to leave, which I honestly am not a fan of that because it's like, you're a college team. Where are you going to go? <laughs> You're right, yeah. And so, I mean, I'm a fan of the program, and I love taking any digs at the Chargers that you can, but that's just kind of a dumb slogan, because he's like, where else are you going to go? Yeah, exactly. Um, You're a college team. You're not a pro team. You can't relocate. I know, exactly. So I was just like, okay, get the dig at the Chargers. That's funny, but you can't go anywhere. All right, so you going to the the game, uh, Sky Show, on Saturday night? I think so, yeah. Good, good for you. So um, let's hope for big things for Aztec football. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the year. All right, right on. Well, David, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for breaking down Aztec football for the 2019 season. My pleasure. And uh, hope to see you again here on the podcast. Yeah, I should be back here at the end of the Padres season. You know, probably like the last couple days of September, first couple days of October, I'll probably come back and discuss, you know, the season, what we need to do going into the offseason. Okay, great. And then maybe we can take a look at the MLB playoffs. And Absolutely. Yeah. While I'm here, we'll take a look at the MLB playoffs. I'll give you my World Series thoughts. Oh, right on. We have a couple of interesting races down the stretch. 
Yeah. So hopefully, yeah, if, we, if maybe that those races will be hot and maybe we can talk in the last week of the season. It should be a pretty exciting time. Yeah. Right on. Well, David, thanks for joining us and looking forward to have you back. You're welcome here anytime. Uh, we got some great feedback from your last uh, appearance here on the podcast. So whenever we're talking sports, you're our go-to guy. All right. All right. Thanks, David. Yeah, no problem.